You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. The following podcast may contain explicit material. You have been warned. Flying towards a setting sun in a Honda Accord of gold. The AC straining against the funk because our socks and drawers are old. On the 105 for an afternoon drive, whizzing by the freeway flora. In the passenger seat is my best friend Pete, a fat man in a fedora. Breaker 1-9, this is Drachnar the Dark. I was momentarily detained in the hotel entrance, fat beard. The valet was trying to charge me an exorbitant fee. It appears we have ourselves a game con. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for four days straight. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene it can wait. We got ourselves a game con, our games after fun. And we'll be playing all the night. Till the morning sun. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 9 of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Stork. This is Tyler. And I'm Kimmy. And one week! A week! Uh, one uh. week to the con. You ready? Uh, we're playtesting today. Are you? You playtest? Ooh, play test? nice. Well, <laughs> yeah. Dave wanted to playtest, and right. so he assembled a bunch of people. Okay. I still have to make 16 D&D characters. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. Fifth edition? Fifth edition. Not that bad. No. I made four, and it took me an hour and a half. There's one, there's a, a an online tool that actually does it really easily, but it doesn't, it's not like Hero Lab, where I have a printable character sheet. I know which one you're talking about. It's like a big, long HTML form. Yeah. Yeah, it works. It it's works, got all yeah. the stuff in it, but it's not. That's what I did my, my character in for the Elden game, but it, yeah, it's, it, it spits out this text file that's just ugly as hell and mm-hmm. then you got to transfer it to a character sheet mm-hmm. if it outputted to something else that you know some computery thing mm-hmm. computery people could probably make something to make it look better <laughs> <laughs> probably computery people uh, hero labs got a 5e thing in development i think but they do it's gonna be a while before we see it i think and didn't wasn't there a company that was gonna work with with there wizards, was, and then they 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 parted yes. ways. So I'm uh, sure they, Stu, they can't hear you. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. Hold wow, on. look at that! They're getting all pushy and stuff. Like they have to hear Stu. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> See, that wasn't an edit. That's only no. sound like an edit when the show subtle, subtle, very subtle, <laughs> subtle, subtle like snot, like an anvil. So all of that comedy gold we just had gone. Like comedy gold? No, it's it recorded. It's just it didn't go out over the lives. Oh. Okay. oh. And that's only the, the the thing is we're just yammering on about the con. We're just, just trying right. to pad our downloads. Right. So all the live listeners, oh, I have to go download it now and see all the funny <laughs> shit they said. They can lip read, lip read everything I'm saying. Right. <laughs> You're going. <laughs> 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 the face. Where did where did that face come from? I see it it's all the a, time. It's an internet meme. Yeah. I know that's old. But where did it start? I Nobody mean, knows. It's an internet meme. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm not, I have no idea. Don't I mean, it, there had to, somebody had to have drawn it, started it originally. And I yes. just—I've never really known. I mean, maybe somebody no idea. Nobody. No idea. It's like Kilroy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, if you want to listen to the show, you can listen live at happyjacks.org/live, and we record on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Unless Gina's on, then it's 10 a.m. ish. Yeah, you know, we, we did pretty good. We were only about 24 minutes late this time. Yeah. <laughs> so. I have to duck out of here early right. if, uh, if we're running along. We'll blaze through we it. Got play test today. And then, uh, let's see, uh, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. 
And we're on Twitter, HappyJacksRPG. And Kimmy's on Twitter at... Uh, Golden Lasso Girl. Do you have a, t- you have a Twitter uh, At Simeon Rex. Okay. And SR Venable is me. Yeah. And then... Uh, Stork's on Stork. Twitter. Oh, that's right. The Genuine Stork. <laughs> you can follow The Genuine Stork. That's right. Yes. I, in all caps. That's, I, tap, I type that's in right. all caps. And always Hashtags shouting. at the end, like yes. a boss. Well, like a boss. Like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, also, if you're interested in purchasing some of the music you sometimes hear in the beginning of the show, uh, I just came out with a second collection of gamer music called Once Upon a Tavern. And if you go to angryfolk.com slash band, that's angryfolk.com slash band, there's links there to go to CD Baby to find the fucker. It's called Once Upon a Tavern. You can also find it on uh, iTunes. It's up there already. It went up quick. And um, yeah. Is there a link in the forum to it as well? Uh, there is. And then it's also on uh, Amazon... Uh, MP3 music, and it's also on Google Play. Yeah, and it, other other fine downloadable e tailers all over the soon. place. Yeah, it went up quick. Yeah, yeah, it did. Like a week, less than a week, like four, three or four days, it was available. That's really amazing. Yeah, how many venues you are? CD Baby, we yeah, do it all for them. you. Gotta love them. Uh, and, and of course, Orcon next week, March 13th through 16th. <laughs> and so, let's do, you're running what two games? I'm running two games. I'm running. Are you uh, ready? Playing in two games too. Cool. I signed up for two games. I'm playing in Dogs of the Vineyard in the Vineyard, Dogs uh-huh. in the Vineyard on Friday night, and then uh, I'm playing in Wes Otis's game on Sunday morning. I didn't sign up for anything on Friday night because the last two cons I've been working and I right. and I just I didn't, we didn't want to do our game because I'm like I don't want to screw it up again. So mm-hmm. if right. I make it there, I make it there. But I didn't want to, you know, maybe I can crash something. Right. Well, now that you've not signed up for any games, you're going right. to make it there exactly. at like two o'clock Easily. in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I will. And there's not going to be any spaces <laughs> and the bar won't in any be cool open games. Again. No, it won't be open again. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get a crappy sandwich from the cafe. Yeah. Are you running a game, Kimmy? I am not this time. No. So she's only there part time. Yeah, I'll only be there part time this time. So that's my my anniversary weekend. Aww. So and on Friday night, I'm going to a fake prom. I'm very excited. It's the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. It's a fundraiser. And uh, well, that's that's from uh, Back Enchantment to the Under Back, to the, Back to the Future. Right. Yeah. So we all are buying like cheesy fifty dresses, and it's very dorky in its own way. I would be going to that, but I have to go see Fifty Shades of Grey that night. You have to. Yep. See, at least, <laughs> at least I'm missing for, the show. for a good reason. And no, I'm it's for a people. great reason. I'm going to get an awesome podcast out of it. That's so, you true, know, I'm true. watching the news today. Apparently, Target is selling a Fifty Shades of Grey fun kit. It's oh, got God. a whip and <clears throat> gags. And Love beads? Stuff. At Target. Target. Cock wow. rings. I, I don't know. I don't. It's a little mild bondage <laughs> thing or something. But, yeah, you can go to Target and pick it up in a box. That's I'm like, creepy. That, it is. I'm, I, it's really creepy because it's in the kids' section. Yeah. <laughs> Is there is this, is it branded stuff? Yeah. Is there like a there's a Fifty Shades of Grey urethra stretcher? Oh, <laughs> I haven't read the book. I that be yeah. I haven't read it either. What a shock. <laughs> no, there is not one of those in the book. <laughs> That's right. You had to read it. That's awesome. No, I had to read it. In the book. I had to read it. We recorded an episode, and then we had a listener want to do a second episode to argue with us that we were wrong about it being bad. <laughs> oh. So did you? We absolutely did. <laughs> was he right? He, well, he pointed out that, that all the things that we said were bad about it are really common romance novel tropes. That's true. That doesn't make it good. Well, he said it, he basically, uh, his argument was that it was good for what it was. Well, that, that's... And that we shouldn't have been expecting gold. 
No. But anything that starts as Twilight fan fiction. Right? And then they change the names and then, make, like, sell it. Is that how it started? That's, a, yes. that's, yep. that's how no it started. Idea. It was Twilight yeah. fan fiction. And that then, explains so much. Um, so much. She got a C&D from Stephanie Meyer's publisher on it. Said you mm-hmm. can't use the character names. So Only we are them. allowed to produce lame fiction? Yeah, yep. right. <laughs> <laughs> With the name, yeah, Bella. Oh, oh, same character names. Yeah, it was the yeah. names. It was, no, it was... So she just she she changed the names. She changed the names and took out all the vampire bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's going to be a multi-million dollar movie. And yeah, fiction. Of course it is. Yeah. Don't lose hope, nerds out there. It could happen to you. Pick something better than Twilight. I'm waiting for your zine to get picked up. Well, see, here's the thing. Don't don't (laughs) don't pick something better than Twilight. No. Pick whatever is making the most money now. Copy it. (laughs) Copy it. And make ton of money. Right. Don't be original. <clears throat> I'll start writing Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic. What's that <laughs> supposed to be? The movie is going to be awesome. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It's going to be an animated show. I'm going to build the animation myself. All right. Uh, the first letter is from Jonas, from uh, Jonas Larson. Hi, it's Jonah Larson again. There's an asterisk there that we will explain at the end of the, le- of the letter. <laughs> First, a quick note, which I alluded to in my last email when I talked about forgetting to say yes and. I was GMing GURPS Fantasy Campaign. One of the characters was a noble knight and was played by my closest real-life friend, a real dry and subdued historian with the brownest of clothes and the tiniest round glasses. Aww. I can totally picture him. Yeah. Um... The the player the players were currently facing a fearsome troll and the timid historian's intrepid knight had gotten into a, a flanking position. It's the historian's turn and I ask what he wants to do. Long dramatic pause while the historian weighs his options. To be read in a dusty academic voice. Who has a dusty academic voice? Anyone? Um, there you go. <laughs> I shove my sword up its butt. Oh my! <laughs> in shock, I flushed. I think he means blushed. I think he means well. <laughs> oh, you can say flushed too. You can yes. in the UK. It's very right. flushed. I flushed at the thought. Yes. Uh, stuttered a little and finally whispered a week. No, you can't do that. Oh, boo! Yeah. Well, that's that's what he said. He's forgetting the yes and. The end. The end. <laughs> Not the best of stories, I know, but I often think back to that moment and regretted blocking his disgusting but valid tactic. But now, thanks you to You should being, have regretted that. You I, should. You should have felt bad for that. You should. But now, thanks to being a regular Happy Jacks listener, I know how to handle situations like these in the future. Next time my players fight a troll, it will not have a butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's railroading, sir. <laughs> Creative railroading, that's, though. That's, that's GM metagaming. It is. It's, you know, that's, whole, ra- that's railroading by omission of a butt. The whole physiology of a troll is this whole different thing anyway. You know, It's because they regenerate. They, they may not have a butt. They may not have a butt. They, may not even, they don't even have genitalia because they just cut off a piece and make another troll. Well, yeah, they have, maybe they just perfectly process everything they, they ingest so they don't need to poop. Right, but they, they have haunches still. I mean, they have legs that move, so they're going to have glutes. Sure. You can attack the glutes. Class, attack the glutes. But and there might even be a crevice between the glutes. Just no orifice. There's just no orifice to insert said sword. Right. Mean, who could, you could make one though. If you've got a creature, <laughs> if it's pointy, unless it's troll hunter, those 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 had all sorts of dang- that, dangly things, including tails. Yes, they did. Anyway, um, anyway, on to my question. In the show, you have often talked about why people like to GM. I love to GM, and it has never been a mystery to me why. 
I love being the center of attention and hearing my own voice. <laughs> Aha! That's maybe why some of us podcast. So that's Funny why Stu started a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever actually gotten to that particular reason in our t- the discussions. Narcissism about, about the being narcissism. <laughs> we like to be the center of attention. That's why we do. Hmm. Uh, this does not mean I'm an ego- egotistical or bad GM. The players still are still the stars of the show. But if the players are the stars, the GM is the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Stu is loving this metaphor, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I, I just want to see a GM stand up. Welcome to my game. You are all a part of me, and I am a part of all of you. <laughs> you are all stars, and I am Galactus. Oh, my God. I, I want a shirt that says that. Players are the stars, <laughs> Give but out the GM is GM the galaxy. GM communion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I want to be space and time. Yeah, well... <laughs> I said it, I say it again. I love to GM, but I f- have felt a little burnout lately. One reason being that my home ha- has got a, the baby infestation. Oh, those are terrible! Oh dear, uh. <coughs> they grow. So watch out. Yeah, and they they grow teeth too. And they're hard. Yeah. To, yeah, they're they're hard to get rid of. <laughs> they really are. They hang around for like. 30 years now. Yeah. They used to leave after... 30? They used to get rid of them about 18 years or so back right. in the day, but no, they're hanging out to 30, 40 sometimes. <laughs> See, I childproof my house, but they still get in. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're sneaky. Damn rodents. Uh, I, I recently fi- uh, finished an over 30-session-long D&D campaign and have recruited another GM, my dear historian friend, with a fascination for troll butts. Uh, and the tiny little glasses, to to take over my duties while I charge my batteries. Problem is that I dread the player experience. I have to sit and wait while other players talk to the GM instead of being the one talked oh to. Oh, my God. Instead of steering a whole world, I'm just controlling one murder hobo. When the GM presents an inviting narrative, I can't take of, take off my GM glasses and instead break down his words into fragments and analyze what what is planned and what is improvised what is a plot hook and what is scenery please help me happy jacks how do i a gm junkie survive the transition from gm to player thanks for the superb podcast next to porn and sunsets you are my favorite thing you know watching porn during a sunset is is truly awesome i like watching porn that has sunsets in it in it sunset porn that way i don't have to go outside (laughs) get burned my soundboard isn't working. Oh, good! It finally, <laughs> yeah, that, you finally got that virus. What Thank did you God. guys do? Uh, it took a long time, but I had to get Stuxnet, and you had to put it in there with the little thing. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Thank God. Sound, I can do that. I thought I'd actually. How's that for a topper? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers! I know you guys did. <laughs> oh, I am aghast. I don't. I don't want to name names, but Stork was over there messing with it earlier. I think what? you're. I think you're flushed. <laughs> Hold on. So to start again. <laughs> there we go. How's that for a topper. Oh, All right. Wow. I think I do it better. <laughs> you do. <laughs> then the man. You do it better than the man. No, CNR is pretty. You can't awesome. touch CNR, Stork. You, you I'm sorry. You really can't. That song is hysterical. It I is. It, I saw the video for it. It's that's, Fuck, that's hysterical. That's the best part. Is the yeah. video. Anyway, so I, I, I want to talk about the transitioning from being this guy's going to be. Wait, a wait, knight. wait, 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 wait! Oh, gotta, there's more. We got to finish. Maybe we got. Remember, we got to explain the asterisks. Uh, to, uh, thanks for the superb podcast. Next to Porn and Sunsets, you're my favorite thing. Really looking forward to moments of stooth. That's pretty funny. It like is. Uh, well, I'll be playtesting it again on the con, and then uh, I, I'm going to. Uh, there's going to be a second character generation system that I'm going to include in the original book, I believe. I think. 
you know, you have a week to figure it out. No, well, the the character <clears throat> generation that that can happen anytime. All right. Uh, and this is the asterisk. Please use my full name. My nerd cred plummets when I can't prove to other Larsons that mine is the, that it is my emails that are read on the air. Yes, it is Jonas Larson. L A R S S O N. Scandinavian number fan. is no. Uh, they have social security. In the, they're I, not much on that kind of stuff in Europe. Are I, they? I think everybody has a number in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Paper uh, Topic: Transitioning from GM to player. What? First, okay. This guy's gonna be a nightmare player. Uh, yeah, he sounds like a little bitch. I'm just, I'm just oh, wow. Jonas Larson. Jonas Larson. <laughs> fucking suck it up. Come on. He needs to have his nerd cred. No, not no, even the nerd no, cred no, thing, because I can understand the nerd cred thing. <laughs> but you can't handle not being the center of attention. You're the nightmare player we talk about. Yeah, you could be. It's the he very well might end up being that guy. And I mean, if you, if you have, well, basically, the, I think the problem is it's a hard time taking his GM glasses off. So he's constantly analyzing every move in the game rather than immersing himself as a player. So right. he's, he's still GMing. He's like sort of armchair GMing, or at least in his head, he's going, well, I would do this, or this is this, or this means this, instead of saying, well, great, I'm going to stab it in the butt, you know? Right. <laughs> That's what you have to do, right there. Just, what would that player do? I think, actually, I wanted to ask Stu, because Stu GMs most of the time, and only yes. recently he's been playing. I mean, for example, when you started the Traveler game, were you having a similar kind of experience with Bill GMing? No, not not really. Um I don't think so. Um, mostly, the hard part for me about playing is trying to come up with the concept of who the character is. Yeah. Like, um, like really, personality and motivation-wise, who the guy is. That's the part I have the most problem with. But you have no problem with it with your NPCs. No. But, see, when it's a player character, you got to live with that. <laughs> that decision you make. Because I have an NPC, and I say, oh, this guy really likes cheese, and he's uh, a hothead. Okay. That could be funny for two minutes. Right. Like Lenny, Lenny and Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley are funny for two minutes, but when you give them their whole show, canceled. Right? Yep. <laughs> yep. And I don't Small doses. Be, these guys don't even know who Lenny and Squiggy are. I, let alone I don't know who Laverne Lenny and, and Squiggy are. <laughs> but I'm telling you. I had Nick at night. <laughs> but, I mean, I, and I don't want my player character, the one I'm stuck with, to be Lenny and Squiggy. I want him to be Laverne and Shirley. That have the. The long arch, the interesting story. Actually, I want him to be Lenny. No, who, who also went off to do Spinal Tap. Well, that, <laughs> no, but that's not the same character, though. Uh, uh, good times. I want them to be good times, not even Laverne and Shirley, because Good Times was on for like ten years. It would be rerun. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, was that's, re- no, that's that was what's happening. Oh, that's what's happening. Good wow. times. Good times yeah. was the um, JJ Walker. the fifties. No, wasn't what, what am I thinking of? Not good times. What am I thinking of? Because yeah, what was Laverne and Shirley a spinoff of? Happy Days. Happy Days. That's it. The wrong show. Yeah, that's what I want it to be. But, but I mean, and if I make, if that's why I'm, I have trouble committing to what that character's personality is going to be. Because once I do, then I kind of feel like I'm stuck with it a little bit. But that's okay. Because unless it's like, oh, God, this guy's annoying me. Well, but, but that's kind of the fun part is just taking over that thing. I mean, like Oppenheimer was an annoying dick, and yet you loved playing him. Yeah, I got to play him for two sessions. Well, <laughs> yeah, but my point being that you would have played him more. I mean, you didn't sure. kill him because he was an annoying dick. I, I see what Stu's saying, though, with that you you have to live with the, the choices you make about your character. Like, if you decide, oh, my, my PC is a hothead who likes cheese, 
every time you go into a session, you're like, oh, I'm going to get some cheese this session. God damn it. Why did I make that choice? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you could always, I mean, <coughs> as characters grow in age, they can grow out of the cheese obsession, and now he's into sausages. You know? Sure. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, they but, I mean, sure. that's, that's just one thing, but I mean, I think what, you, what he, uh, my, my suggestion for him would be to look at the kind of player that you love to GM for and be that kind of player. Right. I now, think, okay. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I, I think he's missing out on a great opportunity to just kick back and watch and, and, and get caught up in the story. I think he's cheating himself by analyzing everything, and I, know, I think that's what he's having a problem with. And I get it. It's hard to just turn that part of your brain off, right? Well, if, yeah, if you're burnt out and you're trying to recharge... Fucking let yourself recharge. Right. Don't continue to do to like keep the GM switch flipped. Uh huh. Shut it off, or figure out how to shut off, or realize that you need to figure out how to shut it off. I mean, if it means off. just making notes on the side that you can then discuss with the GM later, because you know, and and rather than obsessing on it, I, I, it's like it's like watching a movie. You know, for me, I'm I work in the industry, so I look at for seams in the background. I'm looking for lighting booms and stuff. I just see them. And so movies and television are kind of ruined for me because uh, I know how it's all, how, I know I've peeked behind the curtain. We've I know how the magic this. is done. I have never in my life on my own noticed a boom mic in a shot, ever. And I know I've seen stuff that have had it. Yeah. And I've never noticed it. But, but I never will. But it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy movies. I mean, I, I, I still know how the magic is done. And if it's a bad movie, I start noticing that stuff. But a good movie still catches me up. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's sort of akin to that. So you, it may take you a couple of sessions to just relax and forget about the GM aspect and get caught up in the characters. But I think you need to let yourself do that. Get caught up in the story and stop analyzing the the, the way it's being and presented to you. Remain conscious of the fact that you are a player and you're not the GM. And catch yourself. Yeah. And try to, at least try to catch yourself when you start doing that. When you start thinking like a GM, yeah. you're probably metagaming. Yes. And you don't like it when players metagame, right. so stop it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. we all play in GM, and I, I, I get it. There's times when you, you can see the person GMing, and you can see, and you start thinking, like, oh, that's the plot hook. But but that's metagaming, and I know I just turned that part of my brain off. I'm like, okay, that, that might have been metagaming. And it, it's a constant check and balance to make sure that you're not cheating, really. Exactly. Um, right. And cheating yourself, and cheating the other players. I mean, how many times have you been in a game and you're like, obviously that's the plot hook, but nobody's taking it, and yet my character wouldn't do it either, so, you know, so you, you just take a deep uh, breath and you I hate roll that excuse, it. my character wouldn't do it. Well... And find a reason for your character to do it. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I would actually say sometimes, Jonas... Sometimes, sometimes you can, like, depends on what it is. Maybe the GM can keep in mind who the characters are, so that when the right. plot hook gets, sure. will, will get picked up. Jonas, <laughs> make your character a schemer. You know, you want to, you, you dissect things, you read into them, make it so your character does that. Make it so your character overanalyzes situations and come up with your own kind of plots and things that you want to see happen in the game and work towards making those happen. Mm -hmm. But do it in the setting of the game. Yeah. There you go. That's like, that's like how Hojirab for a while had to take the impulsive disadvantage in whatever game he was playing. Because he himself, as a player, is always impulsive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, they, the GM said, just always take it. That way... <laughs> nice. You have a reason. <laughs> you decide to split the party, it's a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but I, I don't know, what, what kind of attributes, when you're, when, as a GM, what, are the, what is the stuff that you look for in a player that you l- that really like, that, 
that makes GMing a joy for you. And what kind of stuff can you think of as a as a GM when when that you really like it when players do that thing, whatever it is. More than anything, I like them to get caught up in the story. I mm-hmm. like to look out over the over my minions there in front of me because I'm the star or I'm the galaxy and they're the star, and I like to see them on the edge of their seat waiting or discussing something that's that's in game. And you kick back and you watch them banter back and forth and try to try to figure out what to do. I love that moment where you we've got them, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, ha, it worked, I got them. Then they're loving it, and yay. I don't like it when they're all bored and checking their cell phones and yawning and looking, checking their watch, and I know I've lost them or I don't have them yet. I, right. I feel terrible. I feel like I'm up on sta- like a stand-up comic and I'm bombing. Mm-hmm. You know, And I don't like that feeling. And then I, So I guess even if you're bored, don't let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so Stork likes players who hide their boredom. Yes. yes. Or, or sleep with their eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> I like when players engage each other at the table. Mm-hmm. Rather than every player just telling the GM what they do or asking the GM, oh, I'm doing this, what can, what happens? Because that excludes other players. When you actively involve other players with your with what you're doing and in, engage them just in conversation, I've had I've had con games where I would say twenty thirty minutes go by where I don't have to actually act because the right. players are all discussing something amongst themselves, and yeah. that gives you t- gives you a lot of breathing room. If there's something that you need to work out or mm-hmm. come up with, you've got plenty of time to do that. Right. I think it was uh, not the last Dead Presidents <clears throat> game, because that was a nightmare. The one before that, um, when I had all the players in one body. Right. They uh, There was like a 30-minute stretch where they just discussed what they were doing. And uh, I... I drank a lot during that time. I was just like, all right, let's, let's watch this and go. Because it was <laughs> the most entertaining player argument I have ever seen. Right. Because they were all trying to argue pretty much the same point, but <laughs> they didn't realize it. Yeah, but they're caught up in the moment. They're yeah. on the edge of their seat and they're in it. They're, yeah. they're actively involved and they're, yeah, they made the game their own. Right. That's one of my favorite things. Like, absolutely. And that, and, and like teamwork. Like, them actually working in character together. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, in the basic, oh, I'm the range guy, like, obviously you'll go tank. and all. But, like, them actually, like, when there's problems that aren't necessarily combat, working together with their different abilities, with their different skills, and combining them. I also like it when somebody really gets into the character. I remember one of your, your Skyrim game, your dragon game, yeah. where they, they made the epiphany all of a sudden that three of them are brothers. So all of them, as one, just started pounding on each other and treating each other like brothers. Total and each brothers. one had different They aspects. all did. All, all of them ended and, up being brothers. But each one was a different personality. Yeah. And, and they were just... And, it, and you were like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> it was. It, it really is. When, when, they, when you're, you had designed a game that the, the players really latch onto their characters... And they get so involved that you just know, even if like you never, like I hadn't really thought of them being brothers and that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. They're hatching together at the beginning or whatever. And, but they like made that, they created that and they're brothers. Uh-huh. And then it was just amazing. And it added like a whole new layer to the game that I hadn't even imagined. And, they- and then they called each other brothers and were pushing <laughs> each other around like the rest of the con. It was amazing. <laughs> but just taking it to that next level, I guess, when they really like take ownership like you were saying mm-hmm. Tyler of the game it's just like magic and and they all had created unique characters as well the characterizations of their characters and I, I do enjoy watching that happen I mean Steven's really good at that Steven Ibarra is very yes. good at that he will put on a voice and make decisions clockwork yes yeah. and it's always fun sometimes to see 
the people in front of you creating this thing. It's neat. Mm-hmm. It's a little. It's like a little theater. He played a Jewish dwarf in one of my games once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you mentioned that the last guest, but I was thinking about it this week. It's hysterical. You might want to just sum it up again. He, was he he sat down to play a, a, a character in one of my D, my Pathfinder games, and he got handed a dwarf. I think it was a dwarf cleric. And he, he's like, everyone always plays dwarves as Scottish. <laughs> he's like, and I wasn't going to do that. So he made him an old Jewish man. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Oi, I'm beklempt. Uh, that's right, we were talking about it. He sounds like Jackie Mason, right? Yeah, like <laughs> Jackie Mason. <laughs> you were saying he sounded like... The Aardvark from the old Aardvark and Ant cartoons. Yeah, and <laughs> so now the, the other the other thing that I think you should keep in mind if you're if you normally GM, uh, there are players that you as a GM don't mind GMing for, but the, the other players are annoyed by. Mm-hmm. We've had people like this. So you want let, like because I, I don't I don't play very often so I don't I can't speak to a th- with authority on this but I know for a fact that there have been people who have been in, in my games that people have been annoyed with what I thought what what's the problem <laughs> <laughs> because as a GM you're seeing it from an entirely different perspective right it, you're the guy who's always being talked to and if you've got one or two people who are you know constantly asking you questions and keeping you busy that to me is that's I'm doing my job right and they're making me do my job right and that to to me a lo- but a lot of times they end up being kind of dominating the sessions and the gm may not realize they're dominating the sessions you know what i mean but once you sit on the other side of the table from them which i have on occasion and i'm on a player side of the table playing with someone oh and suddenly holy fuck yeah that's annoying now <laughs> <laughs> about. yeah jesus christ <laughs> Well, and you, I think. Oh, good. Good. Go. I think as uh, someone who's been the GM, I think you have a little bit of perspective that you can help with things like that. Like if you're in, you, you suddenly you're in the player role, and you're seeing that there's someone who has a lot of ideas, but they're a little bit more shy, and there's someone else who is the thespian, and they're super loud, and like we end up going with their ideas. You know, as a character, you can say, "Well, Sam, what do you think?" And you can actually help throw the spotlight on those players who might normally not like seek that attention or push for it on their own. And while you're GMing or while you're as a player you'll be more conscious of, of exactly. that, that situation than you would be as a GM. Mm-hmm. There's also a different set of fears involved with being a player than being a GM. A GM you're just sort of presenting stuff and putting us okay. As a player you have to be brave enough to sort of uh, follow the motivations on the character sheet which means sometimes doing the wrong thing and you know maybe doing a little bit of play acting, which people can be embarrassed about. Yeah. Um, and it's a different set of uh, you put yourself in a different, almost in more embarrassing situations or potentially embarrassing situations as a player than you do as a GM. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's some fear involved there. Yeah. Well, as the GM, you're posing questions. As a player, you have to create the answers, and there's a lot more pressure kind of in that situ in that situation because you also have to create these answers or these you know, solutions with peers and with other people that may have completely different ideas and may not like your idea and all these different things. So it's a much more, um, like social dynamic as a player. Yeah, I agree. And you also have to, you know, be, if, especially if you're like somebody like Steven and you follow the motivations of your character, you have to be willing to have other people at the table, not like you because you're not doing the thing that they want to do or you're not even doing the right thing. You're do, you're just following the, what, 
your character's motivations would do. If he's a kleptomaniac and he keeps stealing from the party, you have to know that at some point the party's going to get pissed at you. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and but that's a brave thing to do because the the thing to do is like let's, I'm not going to do that. I just want to get a luck party cohesion uh, or whatever it is. But sometimes as a player, you have to you, you can piss off other people. As part of the game, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Instead right. of just being an annoying player, you are your character is annoying to everybody. I spent mm-hmm. four and a half years in a LARP doing that, <laughs> just pissing everybody else off. Uh, it's SP, paid off though. Sp yeah. Lloyd made a comment, and this may qu- quite possibly be one of the greatest game concepts ever. Uh, maybe Stork should run a sequel to the All Harrison Ford Tales from the Floating Vagabond game, except with Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, except he only played two characters, as far as I know. Oh, I bet if you dig, he's probably Voodoo played a lot more. And and um, just the Mad Hatter. In the Mad, did he play the Mad Hatter? Oh yeah, yeah. Who's the Batman? No, no. Uh, was the Mad Hatter? No, it wasn't the Mad Hatter. Shit. Hoodoo, yeah, Hoodoo, the guy from Lidsville. Right. That okay. Right. That was he ever on Batman? I don't remember. I don't know if he ever. Was. I'm sure if you go online, he's been in more stuff. Uh, and just it's, it's I, funny because Dave and I were tossing that around for maybe doing something this con, and we actually came up with another concept. Charles Nelson Riley? No, oh, because that, that would be an epic game. I would <laughs> videotape that table. A bunch of people. Oh, I would limit it to four players because oh, having six people go <laughs> all at the same time would get old quick. We might have to do like just maybe a Sid and Marty Croft sort of thing. So you could have Witchy Poo. You could have, but then there's going to be a fight over who gets to play Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> That's the problem. You could you could split it half Charles Nelson Riley, half Paul Lind. Oh, <laughs> no, this goes Sammy. Disgusting. <laughs> and, and Liberace. I wish my brother George was here. Uh, there seems, also- to be a, seems to be a thread here that you're uh, that you're. What are you talking about? about? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> and maybe Merv Griffin. I saw, I'm definitely seeing a connection now. <laughs> Uh, uh, he also said player engagement with each other Dresden character gen is super set for setting that up traveler as well yeah and that's nice when you have uh, a, a game system that helps you create that history ahead of time right but you know there's nothing stopping you from doing that without a system yeah you can just <clears throat> well the, the interesting thing about Tales from the Floating Vagabond is, is that it's a pretty simple character it's kind of like sh- tune you just have some stats and then you have your stick and that's kind of it and right so it's not a real complicated yeah it's a pretty simple game you think it wouldn't take that long for it to come out <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm getting a little uh, miffed myself he said the other day sounds like uh, lee's having a great time at gen con but uh where's my book <laughs> right. all right all right so, thank you thank you very much jonas larson um there is one other thing i mean on the forums i think there's a there's a thread somewhere about what are attributes of good players like uh you know Mm-hmm. Showing up on time, being prepared, uh, that and we hadn't really touched on that because we've touched on that a couple of times. But if you really want to check, out, if that's maybe what you were, you know, concerned about as well, you can check that out. Yeah, Th- that's actually a good idea. Go, go online and search. We're not the only ones that have done it. I'm sure. I'm sure there have been plenty of people who've done articles about being a good player in a role playing game. Absolutely. Read some of those and yeah, take them to heart. Mm-hmm. That could help. Why? Okay, who would like to read the next email from? Nerdic- Nerdic- 5e and why the dungeon I'll take this one okay from <laughs> Nerdercast Ryan it's like anarchist but he's a nerd I, thought, I think you're on okay. the wrong no, that's, he's right he's back yeah. Ducherinos okay Dear oh, Ducherinos I'm on the wrong one first let me say that I'm a first time long time 
I've been trying to work my way through the backlog, but damn it, I'm a promiscuous podcast listener, and I've got others on the side. You've been Aww. cheating. Oh, you've got sidecasts. I still love That's you, strange. baby. I still love you, baby. But a man's got needs. But <laughs> <laughs> we're not enough show for you. Mm-mm. We're not. Anyway, I was just listening to season fourteen, episode two, and there was a brief mention of five E D and D versus Pathfinder, and I figured I'd throw my two copper in. In Pathfinder, what you end up having is a ton of micro-bonuses that ultimately don't end up meaning anything, because all the monsters you're encountering keep pace with you. I love that 5e went, alright, fuck it! All the plus ones and plus twos don't really mean a damn thing, so let's just have this advantage-disadvantage mechanic and call it a day. Though I've heard mention that other systems have had this mechanic predating 5e. Elegant, streamlined, simple. You're absolutely right. It is. Pathfinder is a very bloated game, and it has all these, like, 3-5... Pathfinder came out of 3.5, right. and I can remember sitting down at a 3.5 game, and I played a fighter ranger, and I had an entire page of binder paper listing all the different ways I could attack with all my various bonuses, and like it was, it was literally a full, full page of paper listing all of my possible attacks wow. that I could do, and it, combat takes forever because there's all these little modifiers you have to add. And you add them all up, and it ends up being, okay, well, you're at a plus two. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, GURPS does that too, but you're so fast. Well, at it, you, you add a them every time you get a plus one, the monster's AC goes up by one. In in five E, AC is pretty much a static number. Your AC at level one is pretty much going to be your AC through level twenty. Yeah, yeah. They, their um, their increase tends to be in hit points, and it's right. not as as. No, it is. I guess it is as fast as it used to be. Yeah, um, I was playing. I was playing a game. Actually, I play a, a roll twenty game with with Huntley and Dave and, and John. That just started, didn't it? Just started. Yeah. We just had our second session last night. And Tim uh, Huntley was here last week. Yeah, he yeah. he sent me a picture and he's like, I was on the podcast. He's super happy about it. <laughs> he's dying to get into one of your games too, Stu. Okay. Well, I'll, I, I will start a new game up someday. He's, play, he's play testing Freak Show today. Um, oh, is he? So he'll be in town. But Dave is playing a, a halfling fighter. Uh-huh. So he's got a 19 AC. And Tim was like, Jesus Christ, you're level one and you have a 19 AC. And I said, that's going to be his AC until he dies, the character dies. Right, yeah. And we, we, and that's, we talked that's a bit about it. And that's just plate armor and a shield, right? Yep, yeah. plate armor and a shield. Right. And uh, that, the, the, the little tiny bonuses, everything in Pathfinder is designed to give you a plus one or a plus two bonus. You don't have that in 5e. No. 5e, you have your proficiency bonus, and that's pretty much it. Yes. And it's amazing because it keeps the numbers simple mm-hmm. without making you feel like you're handicapped. Right. Yeah, there's stuff you're good at, so you have mm-hmm. your proficiency bonus. And then if there's any kind of major bonus, like flanking or or there's conditions on the bad guy or whatever it is... You it would gives just, you advantage you or disadvantage. Advantage or, or they're at disadvantage and you have advantage. I mean, they, it, that's how they kind of stack. But it, it, as a... As a system to, to to give bonuses, it is incredibly simple, and it and it does not take a long time because it doesn't stack. You don't add more d twenties, and if anything, if there's five things that give you advantage and one thing that gives you disadvantage, you have neither. It's just it's it right. keeps it simple. So, and there's not a lot of stuff that gives you advantage, and that helps, I think, because it's. It, it only comes up. It, it only it only comes up every so often. There's a lot of spells that do and mm-hmm. uh, other kinds of conditions and things. But yes, 
I love that. The only thing I lament is that it, it is a very large bonus, statistically. Right. It would be nice if there was something that was half that. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to give someone a bonus, but it's not quite good enough to give them advantage. Well, you can. You can just say, uh, inspiration die. Oh, okay. You can say, yeah, there you go. roll a d6 and add that. Okay, that's true. That's true. Does that Has anyone ever done the math to see if that's better or less or i'm worse. sure someone has okay i'll go on <laughs> that might be that might be the, the i was I, I i was hung up a couple weeks ago doing the math on uh saving throws for death mm-hmm. on what your probability is to survive it breaks down to like if you're rolling saving throws for death you have about a 60 percent chance to live right because uh the way crits work because if you crit on your on your roll if you if you roll a 20 you stabilize. You're flat you out stabilized. But if you roll a one, it's you just get two. Okay. Right. It works out. It's it's more beneficial that way. But okay. I'm sure the math is out there for inspiration die. Yeah. Too. Uh, Stu, what's with your vitriol on Dungeon World? The way I see it, it's like a pickup basketball game for RPG nerds. Not the thing you play through on the regular. But hey, half your group can't show up, or the player that the player that the night session focus on unexpectedly bails. Let's break out some Dungeon World. I love the tell-me-how-you-know-this element of your players making knowledge checks and rewarding failed roles seems like a cool way to encourage players to engage with the story. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate the game. No, we've been really careful about saying we don't hate the game because we haven't, haven't played, played the, game. the game. And uh, I'm just, I, I, I hate that I'm being bugged to play right. it that's, so much. That's the difference. <laughs> I have the book. Yeah. I'm doing other things right now, but at some point, yeah. I, I have the Dungeon World book. It was sent as a gift from a, a listener. And I, the actual physical, yeah, the mm-hmm. real actual papery thing, yeah. And I, w- I have started reading it, but I'm in the, doing other things right now. But at some point, I will read the whole thing, and I will. It's tantamount to being nagged, and nobody likes to be nagged, right? Well, really, yeah. Stu, you're just so lazy. I mean, between That's between it. recording multiple <laughs> CDs for bands, your own side project of releasing your own gaming music. Running a podcast. I'm a slacker. Yeah. I mean, really, you just aren't using your days wisely. Oh, and then you have, like, a life and a job. Exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, and you're running games. Out. Sorry, I left that completely out. And running games. <laughs> I've, I've played it, and that's a pretty good description of it. Right. It's not something you want to play a campaign in, but for a one-shot, yeah, it's fun. You probably could do a campaign. I, I would imagine. A short one. Very short one. Oh, really? Because th- there's there's not a whole lot of character advancement that happens. Oh, okay. So there's no character advancement in the game. It, it Very all, It would all be narrative stuff. Yeah. Like like I got a better gun than I have more bullets. Things like that. Okay. Uh, all right. Lastly, a friend of mine started a Facebook group, the Tabletop RPG One Shot Group. That's an awesome way for people to find games to run over Google Hangouts. Nice. And I'm part of Nerderkey, a YouTube channel slash website that talks about RPGs broadly and 5e D&D specifically. Links for all those things below. May you roll crits and not shit, Nerderkist Ryan. Nice. I think that was for you, Stork. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Man, it's nice. Brilliant. Thank you for your, your email. Yeah, I don't hate it. Just haven't played it yet, and people seem to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, like all the other things you're doing. Milestones, praises, horrors, accents, and beer from Kurt. Well, that's that's like a that's like a whole title. Email in in just in the title. It's like a it's a Hunter S. Thompson novel. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Stew and the crew of the good ship Venus. Oh my god. Dun, 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 Stop. Dun. Okay. I realized that as I was listening to the backlog at work last night, that it is my one year anniversary of discovering Happy Jack's RPG podcast. 
It was one year ago that I was moping about my apartment in Portland, wishing I had a game in my life. One year ago that I had found a podcast about a group of grown players who refused to grow up and felt the way I did about RPGs. Wait a minute. Okay. Someone who could restore my inner child. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I've only... Get a little teary. It's so pretty. I've already been through the entire backlog once, and the only thing that keeps me from going at work at my five-hour block... Oh, and it's the only thing that keeps me going at work is my five-hour blocks of reruns nightly. So it's like one episode from the fourth or fifth season, (laughs) right? And we'd be in here for like, oh my god, those are long, long episodes. I will admit that it is kind of abusive to my system. Uh, Oh, I admit that this kind of abuse to my system has played havoc with my mental reasoning processes. However, I have now become that weird guy who talked to himself at work, and I frequently forget that you aren't standing by my side as you discuss games while I absentmindedly offer my opinions on topics four years ago. (laughs) That's why I can't listen to the show. (laughs) Because I I want to be like, no, that's wrong. Shut up, stork. God. (laughs) Kimmy then didn't know anything. Why is she talking? Stop talking. (laughs) In addition, <laughs> that's what I do when I look. Who let Claire on this show? I was, was, was going to think it's like Tyler's. Like God, that's I, it sounded so good in my head, and when I say, <laughs> say it, it, it yeah. comes out of my mouth. It's like, wait a minute. That's, that's, a that's why I don't idea. listen to anything I ever record. <laughs> I, listen, I go, God, you're an idiot. <laughs> in addition, it was ten months ago that I made my journey to SoCal to enjoy all that California had to offer me. I f- frequently remind my girlfriend that we left Oregon because Portland was too small for her. But we moved to Temecula. Which is smaller than Portland. (laughs) In any event, we moved. And for this, I was blessed with the opportunity to meet with the great and noble Stork. Stork, you wrote this email, didn't you? No, because you're mentioned next. Oh, 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 a couple of times. (laughs) The amazingly beautiful Kimmy. Kimmy's boobs. See? Nothing about her personality. (laughs) Or her ability as a GM. (laughs) No, Kimmy's hot. Famous. They but I like how they're personified boobs. separately from you. Yes, right. they are. At least there's a comma. Do they not have boobs in Portland? Because mine are super not impressive. It's kind of cold <laughs> up there. They're always sort of... <laughs> like, so they're always soft. angry. Although they do have like an annual naked bike ride. Because oh. everybody rides bikes up there. Oh, but it's, that's amazing. The did, does, everyone have to wear, like, <laughs> does everyone have to wear like ski goggles? It's like a lot of German it? tourists on bikes, you know? It's just like... Ye. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of in-shape hippies. I shouldn't, I shouldn't go. Yeah. The Go ahead. <laughs> You're going to say something terrible. Go ahead. Yeah, why is it that the people who get naked in public are the other people you want to see naked in public? <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, continuing. The wonderful Jib and Gina. Bruce, the, uh, well, you know, Bruce. <laughs> and a few other boggards and wives who at the Renaissance Pleasure Fair of 2014. I am sure that they all speak so... Oh, Renaissance... That's why the boobs were more prominent than normal. That makes sense. The bodice. The bodice. Okay, I was like, really? Like, day to day, they're not like... Okay, (laughs) anyway. I'm sure that they will speak so highly of me me that Stu must have been devastated by being the only person not at fair that day. But hey, it's not like I drove 800 miles just to meet you or anything, Stu. I was probably doing Bogfest. I was probably sitting oh, at the probably. It was. I think it was Bogfest weekend. I think that's the only day I missed this. I last remember year. meeting him, but I don't remember why you weren't there. You, Did, why didn't he go to Bogfest? You would have met me. I I don't know. I think they had to leave. Oh, yeah. Because they had eight hundred miles to drive back, kind of thing. I don't well, remember why not. I think he was invited. You're gonna f- drive all the way out for Bogfest weekend. Maybe it's free. He probably didn't know it was Bogfest weekend. You guys were supposed to tell him. Oh, I did. <laughs> I'm sure, I did. So once again, Stork it's is Stork's the reason. Fault. Yeah, <laughs> Dick. 
You know what? No, you know what? Let, let's not blame this one on no, Stark. No. Let's blame this one on Bruce. Bruce. Okay. He met Bruce and then didn't go to Bogfest. That and explains Bruce, a lot. And yeah. Bruce is the FNG in the band, so really it should have been his responsibility. Should, yeah. All right, I'll go with that. <clears throat> I've met several new gamers in the area and occasionally speak with forum greats, such as Frey and Fate Arthur and Mike Olson, just a name drop or two, you know, uh, too. I've made some truly wonderful friends and my new game groups, and I won't ever want to know, uh, won't, uh, I wouldn't ever want to know a world without them. I've reached an epiphany, knowing that there are really great friends to be had wherever I may find myself. All Happy Jacks listeners should know this as well. They're really cool people all over the place, and you only have to go out to find them. Oh, it's like yeah. so nice. Yep. I was, uh, it was your prodding and encouragement over the last year to get me to start up my own meetup group t- to find players and games in the SoCal area. I went from zero games to five in just a couple of months. Nice. Nice. I even became a game uh, a gaming hub of activity among these new friends. I want to give a shout out to one awesome DM who is running our D&D 5th edition game. Jason has been running three campaigns of the first D&D 5th uh, adventure. Faladin. Vandalin. Vandalin, sorry. Uh, our group recently had to defend a town from an attacking army of orcs over a vile uh, over vile beast, and Jason devised a unique way of handling the mass combat that would ensue. For one night, we played a board game called Castle Panic by Fireside Games to simulate the attack on our hometown. It took the place of our regular gaming night and offered a wonderful change of atmosphere for the evening. The players had a blast playing this slightly modified game, and in the end, the events of the board game dictated how the D&D attack would have fared. It was an evening. Good idea. I, I yeah, am. I'm hitting. so stealing that. That yeah. is because that's always been a problem. I remember even uh, first edition or, or advanced. We had a whole castle siege kind of thing, and we didn't know how to do it. We just right. sort of had to hand wave it a lot. Yeah, and it, and yeah, it was a very cool idea. Um, and I totally lost my time. It was an evening of laughter. Oh, it was an evening of laughter and tension as our characters' faces were intertwined with the game mechanic that Jason brought to the table. It, we were victorious with only minor damage and a few buildings in the town. Kudos, Jason. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's really great. That's idea. awesome. Castle Panic's a fantastic yeah. game too. Yay! Yeah, I was going to say maybe we should look put it in the show notes or something just so I can find it and buy it later. <laughs> <laughs> but happy, oh yeah, okay. okay. I will. But Happy Jacks is interested in more than just good ideas. True Happy Jacks revel in horror stories as well. There are more than just awesome players in this world. There are also douches. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you see, one of these games that I play, the players don't get along so well. In that game, the players mock and criticize each other on a constant oh. basis. Three have nearly come to blows on more than one occasion. One group has been uninvited from, play- one group has been uninvited from playing at our host's home in fear of wrecking the place. Oh, if fuck. Two- <laughs> if two of the players continue to attend and, in the end... I had two separate players say that they were just going to kill all the other characters to end the game so they wouldn't have to play with each other ever again. That seems like the mature decision. Yeah. yeah. Why don't that you just g- stop playing? Right? Just stop showing up. That game ended Because unfinished. it's not enough that he should succeed. Other people have to have fail. To fail. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Remember Kimmy's rule one. That don't g- play That game assholes. ended unfinished? Yeah. <laughs> Big shock there. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. shall not play with assholes. Yep. I would love to tell you all about it, but I'm suddenly reminded that I have to encourage them to listen to the podcast, and I would hate to take for them to talk poorly about them in an open forum where it's so much better talking about them behind their backs. <laughs> I'll tell the tale at this year's pleasure fair if Stu's not sick again, Dick. I think it'd make a great horror story. I don't I think mean, I was sick. 
I was I sick this last year? All right, I want to find out when he's he's going to be out at fair this year, so I can I can come hear this story. Yeah, I'll schedule Bogfest, so I'm not there. (laughs) (laughs) I rambled a little in this letter because there's actually so much I wanted to say, but I kept editing myself and attempt to be brief. I've wanted to join you at cons and fair, but I always find myself committed to some other plans. One day I will play in your games and sing songs with you. I look forward to that day. In my final parting, I wanted to give high praises to all of you. You really have had an impact on my year, and I sincerely wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the show. Kurt. P.S. I also wanted to point out that you that I never gave you an accent to read this in, but you instinctively knew to read it in your old, overweight gamer voice. Damn. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Jimmy. Oh, burn. You want to you hear there's a camera right here. You can flip it off. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> You can't and, see, and that's and that's specifically ironic because Kimmy just came from working out. Right, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's all like been doing yogurt. She's all ripped right now. She came from the workout I canceled. Yeah, it's hilarious <laughs> to me. I came from doing a workout and then teaching a workout. And oh, then, you yeah. taught the ten? Uh, I, t- I helped. I assisted. Nice. You captured it perfectly. Kudos. PPS, I've introduced a photo of our latest game to the show. Way one way in which I have been changed by the podcast the games of old used to be plethora of big gulps taco bell and sunflower seeds now the table is awash in beer bottles take out boxes and aspirin yep that is one age pal that is one good thing about being an older gamer is being able to drink and have takeout and And afford food and afford food (laughs) we used to drink a lot of tea when we were kids hey hey uh, regarding railroading from Matt. Hey, thank, everybody. Oh, thank you very much, Kurt, for yes. this. I just recently listened to episode 14, season... I'll come in again. I just recently listened to season 14, episode 5, in which you discuss railroading, and it reminded me of something that happened recently while I was GMing. So, here's the situation. I've been running the D&D 5th edition starter set, and in early part, and in the early part, the party goes to town, overrun by brigands. The intent is for the adventurers to take the fight. What's wrong? No, I'm just testing my ears. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) To take the fight to the brigands' hideout. But my group had other ideas. After captioning and questioning the first brigand, they ascertained the whereabouts of the hideout and then left to go do something else, leaving their captive tied up to one of the room, tied up in one of the rooms of the inn. So when they returned, they found only his severed head with a note from the brigands' leader saying that he eagerly awaited their arrival. Instead of going to the hideout, though, they proceeded to capture another brigand. I had them give the exact same information as the previous fellow in hopes that they would realize that there really wasn't anything else to gain from going this route. However, they then decided to try to lure the brigands out, either individually or in small groups. At this point, I felt I needed to do something to keep this from going on forever. So, I had a group of my brigands burn down the inn in which they were staying. Finally, that seemed to spur them into action. I worry it might have been a little too railroady, but I'm curious how others feel. Uh, if others feel similarly, if so, do you have any tips on what I could have done differently so as to avoid any similar instances in the future? Thanks. That's the end of it. Hmm. I would say that was actually quite railroady. Um, if they had a plan, they wanted to lure people out. I think uh, I think you should have just yes ended that. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you should have let them try their plan rather than saying no. Um, I actually think that you literally had a plan, a one way for them to do it, and you forced them to do your way, rather than al- allowing for them to try different ways to get into the hideout that wasn't that you didn't think of yet. Yes. 
I think I think that is the root of most railroading. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've already figured out what the story is going to be. That's the problem. Or time crunching. That's well, yeah. the other. <laughs> that's a different kind of railroad. Yeah, that's right. not the. But that's what he says in here. He says he, uh, he felt like he needed to do something to keep it from going on forever. So he was pressured by like that time. Uh, it's, I don't know. I get that. Sometimes you do need to motivate your players to like you know stop sitting in the inn and you know just you know unless that's what they really what they want to do. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I've seen players sometimes do that and other players are bored they're rolling their eyes and somebody else is doing something and doing something and doing something and finally you as a GM kind of have to step in and, and motivate the whole party mm-hmm. the part that gets me is I felt like I needed to do something to keep this from going on forever if the players wanted it to go on forever right. let them kill one brigand at a time sure yeah this is a very different situation than like what Stork's describing when there's like two people doing something everybody else is sitting there they had a plan they were ready to implement it probably I mean I'm guessing all of them were involved because generally they are and stuff like that yeah so I don't know yeah I definitely think this is a little railroad I think my solutions would have been to have the brigands out gunning for them you know assassination yeah. attempts in dark alleys or you know if they went to sleep in their rooms they wake up with knives at their throats uh, that's a little less railroady but at least now that you're bringing the brigands to them which was kind of their plan there's ways I think there are other ways you could have done it rather than burning down the inn and forcing them to do your solution let right. them kill a few brigands and when they go to capture the next one it's a trap yeah yeah mm-hmm. Have more brigands come when they lure them than they expect. So suddenly there's a bunch of them instead of the two that they were. Or if they want to lure them out of the cave, small groups at a time, let them mm-hmm. and hear what their plan is right. and yeah. and see if you can work. Although with I that. can see if he's got seventy five of them down there and they want to bring them out two at a time and right whap them. Well, that's when you that's time cut down. you're going to have to narrate or or, or just narrate past mm-hmm. some. Well, at some point the brigands are going to be smarter than that. Hey, we right. keep sending two guys out at a time and, and they, they never, never come, come back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after like four. They're they going to the go, be like, all right, let's send two dozen. Yeah. Right. Let's all go out there. Uh-huh. Right. Something's let's, going on. Let's all stand around them and attack them one at a time. Right. So that seems <laughs> like, a, I mean, that's like a natural reaction to what they're doing. And that way they get some success. Yeah, they take out four of the brigands. But then it, they're posed with a new challenge and it doesn't take forever. Also, they're doing a shit job as PCs if they're killing brigands one at a time and the brigands <laughs> know where they're staying. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I actually think it's a good plan to lure them a little out at a time. If there's only four sure it people, is. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to go right. walk You're not going to barge in. Yeah. But if you're going to kill them one at a time, maybe don't stay in the same inn every night. <laughs> right? <laughs> got to keep got to keep on the move. Yeah. S.B. Lloyd asked a question, but I'm going to make this the topic for uh, not next week, because we, obviously we have the con show the next week, but All maybe right. the week after. Game uh, gone. How to involve characters who are pacifists when combat breaks out. Oh, I think a good to- whole topic. That's a, very that's good a topic. great topic. And we'll do that not next week, but the week after. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not ignoring you. Well, that was really short. So <laughs> I'll we read are the- checking the Q and A. That was yes. really short, so I'll read the next one too, okay. if you guys. All right, you want can read the next too. one. Yeah. A gaming horror story from a first-time writer. Email from Cor- Corbin Trois, like Trois Corbys. Yeah, Corbin Trois. Corby Trois. Hmm. That makes sense. If it's like somebody we know. I was a walk the lane. Kirby's is about uh, two crows eating a dead knight. Yeah. Uh, it sounds pretty, though. It's it hot. Does. <laughs> dear Terminator Stew, Judgment Douche. First, the obligatory praise for you and the rest of the Happy Jackers for what you all do. Woo-hoo. I began listening around May 2013 and found it so hilarious, intelligent, body, and full of helpful gaming tips and insight. Well, that's just an accident. Uh, yeah. The gaming tips and insight, yeah. Uh, that I powered through the entire backlog, including episode zero. 
in two months. Jesus two months. Fuck. <laughs> and have been tuning in ever since. That was 11, 12 seasons. I'm still mm-hmm. picking bits of retired British General Army officer out of my teeth. Second, drink! Third, a gaming horror story for your entertainment. The names have been changed to protect the stupid. It all began when my friendly local gaming store put on an enormous sale to clear out some space. Anything tabletop that wasn't either World of Darkness or 3rd Edition D&D, the current system, could be bought for a haypenny, or even a jaunty watoon. There was so much to look through, I didn't <laughs> This is someone from Fair. It must yeah. be. <laughs> or at least, yeah. Or Dickens. Knows. Uh... I didn't even know where to begin. One of my gaming group, Jay, knew exactly what he was, exactly what to do. He picked up Seventh Seventh C. Seventh C. Seventh C. It's a great pirate game. It was um, it's the same. It's rolling AG. Yeah, it's, it uses the same okay. rolling yeah. keep system as L five R. Yeah, I thought it was Seven Cs, but I guess it's Seventh C. It, and declared a uh, it's Seventh Seventh C. It's okay. Seventh C. Yeah. Okay, and declared he would be running a campaign. None of us had ever heard of it before. But it was all about pirates and the world of fairies. So, what was the worst that could happen? As I type, I imagine that very question was posed by General Custer to his troops. (laughs) A month later, there we were. My group sat around the table, newly created 7th Sea characters in hand. I remember how excited I was because I was really going to get into the role part of role-playing with a character, a whaler from not Russia whose goal it was to capture evidence of the world's most legendary creatures. Jay sat at the head of the table, eyes gleaming over the GM screen, looking like he'd gotten away with farting in an elevator, so sneaky and clever he was. Oh, I gotta, I gotta interrupt. We began. But- Sorry. I've had three yoga classes. Yes. Someone finally farted in class. Ah! <laughs> and it wasn't you? Nope, it wasn't me. There was a, there's an episode of Jackass where he goes and eats like beans and, and rice and sauerkraut or something, and then goes to yoga class. <laughs> they start to giggle as he gets all offended and stomps out. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, the game started with me and my three companions as passengers on a ship bound for not England. Though for what reason, who could say? <laughs> so, so the whole setting is well, it's, not the modern Earth. It's, Ru- it's Europe, basically. Okay. And instead of uh, Russia, it's like Eisen. Not Russia? It's Instead of not Russia. Oh, I It's like Eisen, okay, and then the Italians are Vodachi. It's, yeah. So apparently not even Jay knew uh, as he was just, as he would just hand, or he would just wave his hand. After far too much time spent with the party sailing on their thumbs like a bunch of jackasses because nobody on the ship had any answers for us, not even the goddamn Captain Charlie, playing a typical pirate not from not Spain, decided <laughs> it was time to shake things up. Time for a mutiny. <laughs> In a few short seconds, the entire party had their weapons drawn. Charlie with a sword to his captain's neck, the rest of us ready to put down any crew who tried to be a hero. This ship's no longer yours to command, Charlie said in his most stereotypical Spanish voice he could muster. Here we go. Now things are going to pick up. Time to buckle some swashes. <laughs> Jay's response. The captain says, I don't have time for this, and walks away. What? <laughs> oh my god. Dead silence. None of us could fathom what had just happened. Who just walks away from a pirate with a sword to their throat, declaring themselves captain of the ship? What kind of GM tells their players, I don't have time for this? Uh, where was the part of the game where anyone got to do anything some sort of fucking fun? As the, group be- as the group began throwing its hands in the air with righteous indignation, Jay says, You hear the warning bell ringing and see a giant sea creature emerge from the water just beside the ship. 
I was excited once more. This, seeking giant monsters to fight, what's the whole purpose for my character? I roll initiative and go dead last. Yeah, oh, well, no. Before my turn comes, the sea monsters already murdered most of the crew and almost completely obliterated the ship. Many of those left alive have begun to dive into the water. Just where you want to be when there's a 200-foot man-eating squid 20 feet away. The Kraken. <laughs> Release the Kraken. After one round of combat, Jay says the following... You should really just jump the ship like those guys. Yeah. It turns out the railroad we'd found ourselves on was made with Reardon steel. Take a drink from the Atlas shrugged, shrugged <laughs> reference. I got it. Okay. Uh, th- so that was a that was a spite squid. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> the dreaded spite squid. I don't have time for this. Oh I don't have God. time for this. I don't have time for this in my game. In every game. every NPC at my con games, I don't have time for this. And it wasn't a spite, wasn't a spite squid. It was a butt kraken. Butt kraken. <laughs> but re- the rest of the night is a blur. I don't remember anything about abandoning ship with a de- with a defeated shrug. There may have been a conversation with the fairy queen somewhere in there, but by then I had completely given up. We started a new game the next week, which I ran, and never again spoke of the horror, sh- horror show that took place on the Seventh Sea. Though this is my first email, it certainly won't be my last. Cheers. Corbin Toise, that's Toise as in Toise the Night Before Christmas. Obligatory P.S. I feel I should mention, as a final twist in the theory in the story about Jay, is my older brother. Ooh. It made the whole experience feeling like the learning that feel like learning the killer was calling from inside the house <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's, that's i remember nice. that that commercial uh you must be about our age because i remember when a stranger calls and that, that was like the tagline get out right. of the house you're calling from somewhere inside the house i remember waking up to that one day in high school and they're like oh my god that's the scariest tagline i've ever heard right yeah, yeah it's just a, a classic urban legend the, mm-hmm. the calls are coming from inside the house yeah, the murderer was on the spare phone this is back when people had phones right yeah and you could pick up two of them yeah. and, and talk to each other over the ringtone. How would you call someone? I, they, they had two lines you, in the house. You oh, two, two lines. lines. Like, you didn't, so it was a very specialty situation. Yes. Like you had to have two lines in the house. Mo- don't don't okay, pick apart the urban legend. <laughs> People can have Come two on. lines in their house. No, I know. We had two lines in my in my house. You did? Oh, yeah. I, never I was a lines. high school student with my own answering machine. Oh. No one ever left me messages, no. but I had an answering machine. <laughs> the house I bought. The house I'm living in now, when I bought it, had two lines going in. He had one just dedicated to, to his modem. To his modem, because right, this yeah. is right. That's why we right. had a second line. Yeah, right. we had to, we had to have one installed for our modem. But see, well, of course, two two lines. nobody called anybody. <laughs> but you could. But a murderer could use it. If a murderer brought a spare phone in, <laughs> he could plug, plug into the jack, jack. Yeah. into the back of the modem, and then call <laughs> on it. And it all makes sense. <laughs> Stop blocking, Kimmy. Sorry. Sorry. Yes and yes and. All right, so it's uh, we'll get you to your playtest on time. Oh, right. nice, right. amazing! It's uh, twelve thirty. So mm-hmm. cool. that's it. Uh, don't forget, uh, we got a good convention next week. Uh, if you're there and uh, and you see us there, probably at the bar. Yep. Uh, and we're gonna do a show after four thirty. After four thirty, <laughs> we'll do a show uh, Saturday at eight p.m. Uh, location to be announced. But uh, come to the show. We'll do it live. Try to stream it. Don't know if I can swing it. Depends what the internet connection's like. Probably Last time not. we weren't able to do it. Yeah, um, and if you see any of us, if don't be shy, come up and say hi. But please introduce yourself. Like if you just come up and say, "Hey, it's me." Uh, didn't we have to record half of the last show on Bill's yourself? cell phone? Well, but yeah. you need to. Uh-huh. Like, didn't names. we record half of the last show on Bill's cell phone? Not half. Uh, like the last fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. 
Because that, yeah, you guys weren't recording in MP3, you're recording in Wave. Oh. oh. Which takes a huge amount of space on, yeah. the, on the drive. But sure. it, was, it was fine. It, it worked out good. I mean, his phone had a remarkable recording quality. <laughs> so it worked out great. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, so Saturday, 8 p.m., uh, place to be announced. I'll put up posters everywhere. Like Posters. Okay. We'll check feeds. We'll Twitter it. Yeah. I'll put it on. I'll, I'll put Hootsuite, Hootsuite on my phone so I can. If my phone works, my on-off switch stopped working. Oh. Well, also, a bunch of us have no reception in that hotel. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. In the basement. Most of us have no reception. Yeah. If you have AT&T, you're, you're golden, I, but anyone else is great. For the con this year, I'm going to bring some Febreze with me. I think <laughs> now. Now the air conditioning was broken. From it, my understanding, it was the, the last one that I was at. It wasn't that bad. But there was a guy that walked in that funked the place up, and it, I don't care if the air conditioning was on or not. It still would have had that. Funk You're just going gonna on. walk up to a guy and spray him. I am. You need to make some Febreze grenades. <laughs> That's assault. <laughs> Hand him the thing and say you should go somewhere and spray this on yourself, or spray it on yourself and just like accidentally spray over your shoulder. I on may him. just I may just go over to the Give table where everybody's, where everybody's eyes are watering and drop it on the table and say, "Do with this as you will." <laughs> <laughs> just say. You know um, what needs to happen. He says, sir, uh, this is for you from everybody. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll bring deodorant, too. I'm like, here. Just make a little gift basket. Yes. Like, <laughs> we should. We should. Yes. Soap on a rope, deodorant. And hand it to the... Because if that player shows up on my table, I'm going to say something. How about, like, butt wipes? Like, like, like baby wipes? Oh, yeah. I am going to say... A shower in a bag, If right? somebody shows up at my table just smelling like that, I am going to say something. I'm they, like, make, they make wipes that are like a If you smell mitten. something, say something. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they make wipes that are like a mitten. They're called shittens. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, they should. That's I'm pretty, pretty sure they actually do idea. make them. Someone's going to have them made like by the end of today. Like, <laughs> I have, to somewhere in my camping stuff, I have these... Uh, they're, they're plastic packs that are filled with these like very durable paper towels that are moistened. Yeah. And they're for they're for bathing. They're bathing towels. Yep. Right, right. They unfold and they're big. They're like two feet by two feet. And you can take it and get like with one of them, you can get like almost your entire body clean. What do they call that? This is like a French bath. Princess. There's a name for it. A European. I don't, I don't know. know. These, European, are camp, these are camp. These are camp things. But the, a pack comes with like four of them. It, uh, yeah. And say, like, go, dude, go to the bathroom, get in a stall. Because really, disrobe, if, some, if somebody shows up with, between the shit, somebody shows up like on. that at your table, won't you say something? Or are you just going to go, okay. It depends. Uh, I'll ask him to switch. <laughs> okay. I'm the I'll, GM. I'm going to bring an extension cord and a Glade plug-in. We, maybe our next t-shirt needs to have a saying about smelling like funk. Okay. We'll work on it. Yeah, we'll keep some clever with a, brainstorming. A, a, a clever... Please don't smell like shit when you're at my table. Or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe we can come up with something better. Please ask someone to smell you before you sit down at our table. Because you cannot smell yourself when you stink like that. No, you get nose deaf. We, and we all get nose deaf sure. at, at cons. I mean, they're, you know, the epic guy walks in and that's a little different. Don't but. be a funk yard dog. Don't make us OD no, it on can't BO. Be, it, can't be, it can't be that cute, Store. It can't be that cute. Okay. It's got to be, it, there's some serious. It needs there. to be really straightforward. Funk you. <laughs> if you you motherfunker. If you think you smell, you probably do. Go take a shower. Okay. I'm just... It's just... I, I, it was never really a I problem I know how before, to not smell at cons. But, but it's a problem. Ask me how. Yeah. I'm a fat man <laughs> and I don't smell. Ask me how. Oh my god, we should make a scratch and sniff t-shirt that it's like, please itch, scratch in case of gamer bio emergency. <laughs> it's better to be ten minutes late to your game. Than to smell and like that. Clean. Absolutely, yeah. everyone else is just going through a horrible time. Yeah, and that's terrible. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, and Matthew, uh, yes, I'm ignoring you. 
<laughs> and that's it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, go to the con. Also, don't forget uh, uh, Once Upon a Tavern is available. Angry Folk Band. You can search for Angry Folk Band Bye. at uh, on iTunes. Anything and else? Hey, is there anything you wanted to, to plug? No. Go lasso. Yeah, well, I have my website, goldenlasso.net, um, posting cosplay, fitness, gaming stuff. I have a, um, I'm halfway through, I'm probably posting it on Monday or Tuesday, uh, uh, like, beginner player guide to um, tabletop, ge- like, games, not jamming, but playing. Um, okay. I need to finish that this weekend. Um, cool. Yeah. No, I think everything else is good. Tyler, is your <laughs> podcast still going? Yeah, we're still, why, whydaddydrinks.net. Um, <laughs> we're doing monthly podcasts. We're on season four now. What are you reading right now? Right now, uh, we're le- reading, uh, I think it's called Prophet of the Ghost Ants. Yeah. It's like this post-apocalyptic world where people have evolved to become the size of ants, which, right huh. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh. and it's... Prophet of the what? Ghost ants. Is this uh, aimed at, like, young teens or something? No, it's just some random-ass sci-fi book that that Somehow has been published. recommended to us. Wow. Amazing. Oh, uh, there's also the gym that Tyler and I go to. You can plug that. Oh, yeah. Nerdstrong uh, Gym. Nerdstronggym.com. Uh, if you're in the L.A. area and uh, want to go to a, a great gym. It's, it's actually... Is it, it's kind of on the west side, isn't it? It's on uh, North Hollywood. It's North, North Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay. And it's kind of... It's called... You guys have set up this nerd-safe environment, right? Yeah, totally. So Absolutely. if you're a fat beard and you actually want to lose weight and you don't want to be embarrassed or whatever, go to this place, cause it's, and the, everybody will talk games and work out, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind totally of what's going fun. on. Yeah, yeah and on Sundays we have themed workouts. Like last week was oh, our Battlestar Galactica God, workout. Damn it, fuck that workout. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah, and every week we have you know a new theme, and it's just a really safe place. Like... It's not competitive. Everybody, like, in that awkward moment, like, everybody hates <coughs> the gym because you're, like, standing next to someone else on the treadmill you don't know what to talk about. Like, we never lack for things to talk about. Whether yeah. it's the last Marvel, you know, announcements. Mm-hmm. And everybody, uh, most of the people there are in, like, the nerd industry in some way. And um, ev- everybody mm-hmm. is super supportive and wants to see everyone there succeed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So That's it's, remarkable because most gyms are not that right. way. I used, no. I, like I, I said, I used to go to gyms and I would get overwhelmed. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I would get on an elliptical for half an hour. I'd leave and then never come back. And right. the in-shape right. people feel like they, no, no, you, you're fat. Get off. I need to, I'm, right. I'm, I'm unshaped and I need that's to be on there. True. I've never heard anyone say that. Okay. Well, I don't say that, but it's sort of implied. There's there. the Do intimidation you, have you Have you been to a gym where there's a lot of lifting happening? Because that's usually where you see the elitism. Uh, Long time ago, but yeah. I mean, I used to belong to a gym when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And this is not that. That was back when I could bench three. Yeah, I mean, it basically started as a bunch of, like, friends in, you know, our friend Andrew's garage. And then we grew from there. Mm-hmm. So, and you have an actual space now that you, you yeah. Can. Oh yeah, it's all professional. We have an actual space. We're no longer in Andrew's garage. <laughs> uh, well ventilated. Yes, it Absolutely. is. It's like a, it's like a warehouse basically. Yeah. Better than the Hilton. Roll up door. Oh, so much better. <laughs> than, <laughs> better than the Hilton. Well, Absolutely. the bar's open early. Yeah. And, <laughs> and <laughs> even at the end of a workout, it's a very different stink. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. a it's yeah. an exercise sweat stink, not an unwashed. It's it's ass still stink. it's still funk, but it's not that right. I'm and, s- I'm actually smelling feces. Yeah. It's right. not that funk. No, right. and we actually have a shower at the gym. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay, so right. and a cleaning crew that goes in every evening. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, check that out. And All right. It's on the Twitters and Instagram and stuff too. There was even an article, I think. Yeah, it had me like reading. flexing as Wonder Woman. It was pretty pretty exciting. So. Brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. There All it right. is. Okay. But, All right. Thank you for joining us. Come on. Wait, are you Stu? No, I'm doing the thing. Wait. Oh. He's got a...
What the fuck? That was Anthony. Uh, you know what? <laughs> but, you know what? Before, before you hit this, I was uh, I was listening to uh, to that uh, one of the radio stations. I know you don't listen to, but they uh, had an interview with. <laughs> Hold on, sorry. <laughs> when listeners of Happy Jacks on PG Podcast, we get. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So they, uh, they they had this interview. Anyway, they ended up with an accordion version of the Russian march. So I'm listening to this accordion version, and all I can do is sing along with your words to the to the to the Russian imperial march. So on an accordion. Pause <laughs> It occurs to me I don't know the actual Russian words to the, to no, the well, national it, anthem. It's in Russian. I, I, I spoke Russian, and you could. But so all I could do was like, oh my god, I'm singing along to the accordion version of Russian Imperial March. I'm sorry. Carry on. That was amazing. Yeah, I guess it wasn't. Okay, funnier when you screwed it up than the actual story. I'm getting the new soundboard app. Fuck this. There we go. <laughs> We're listeners of Happy Jackson. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 9 of Happy Jackson RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Stork. This is Tyler. And I'm still Kimmy. And we'll see you next week at Orcon 2015. Woo-hoo. And the week after that, we'll be back here recording live. Live? 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 On Saturday at 11 or maybe Ish. 10. Or no, 10. No. We'll 11. see. Thank you, and we'll leave you with a song. <laughs> Oh my god, it's the Russian National Anthem on an accordion! Oh! Still and cold. Tonight we shall share our tales of deeds both brave and bold. We shall toast to each companion, some return and some who fell. And we'll curse the name of every foe our steel sent to hell. Break off a piece of bread, me boys, and fill the bowl with beer. This night is meant to celebrate with each survivor here. The countenance of death we faced and did not blink nor pause. A toast to you, me brothers dear, and to our noble cause. We remember each among us who do not join us here. Our companions and our brothers and our friends that we hold dear. They fell to sword and talon whilst bravely at our side. Enjoy your final journey now on Charon's watery ride. Break off a piece of bread, me boys, and fill the bowl with beer. This night is meant to celebrate with each survivor here. The countenance of death we faced and did not blink nor pause. A toast to you, me brothers dear, and to our noble cause. Shall we find riches or death? 
in places foul and arcane. We'll be rich or draw our last breath, but we'll go there all the same. For tomorrow, we cannot know what dangers we will face. So tonight, we will drink and revel with each soul in this place. On the morrow, we shall rise again for adventure bold and new. And pray that one of us shall return to toast our souls anew. Break off a piece of bread, me boys, and fill the bowl with beer. This night is meant to celebrate with each survivor here. The countenance of death we faced and did not blink nor pause. A toast to you, me brothers dear, and to our noble cause. A toast to you, me brothers dear, and to our...